the Jedi Knight traded lightsaber blows with his foe. His name was Luke Skywalker, and he was locked in a fight for his life against Darth Vader. With a whirling slash of red light, Darth Vader cut Luke's hand off. Clutching his forearm, Luke retreated down the walkway and climbed out onto a narrow beam. Below, an endless chasm promised certain death should he slip and fall. Defiant until the end, Luke glared at Vader. But his opponent still had one more blow to strike. Not physically, but emotionally. Darth Vader towered over the Jedi warrior and announced, Luke, I am your father. You may remember the scene we just described from the 1980 blockbuster Star Wars, The Empire Strikes Back. And if you do, sorry to tell you this, but Darth Vader never said, Luke, I am your father in any Star Wars movie. The real line is, no, I am your father. Go ahead, double check your DVDs, your digital downloads, even your VHS tapes. We'll wait. If you misremember that sequence, you're not alone. Many people insist that the Luke version of the dialogue is the correct one. Some have distinct memories of hearing Vader say it, and yet there's no hard evidence of anyone ever uttering the phrase on camera. If one or two people confused the iconic scene, we could write this off as a case of forgetfulness. But when you've got thousands, maybe even millions of people with the exact same incorrect recollection, perhaps there's something bigger at play. This phenomenon where so many people share the same false memory is called the Mandela Effect. And it might reveal something alarming about the nature of our universe. That is, if this still is our universe. Welcome to Unexplained Mysteries, a Spotify original from Parcast. I'm your host, Molly. And I'm your host, Richard. In life, there's so much we don't know, but in this show, we don't take we don't know for an answer. Every Tuesday and Thursday, we investigate the greatest mysteries of history and life on Earth. You can find episodes of Unexplained Mysteries and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. This is our first episode on the Mandela Effect, a phenomenon in which people misremember the same bit of history in the exact same way. Often the details seem too specific to be a coincidence. Some even believe their supposedly fake memories are actually correct and the official records are wrong. Today, we'll meet the woman who first identified and named the oddity, and we'll discuss parts of your childhood that may not have happened exactly as you recall. Next time, we'll try to explain the Mandela Effect. It might come from a psychological symptom associated with memory disorders called confabulation, where people make up false stories without meaning to. or. It could be proof of time travel. Or most alarmingly, it may reveal that we've all unwittingly journeyed to an alternate universe.
We have all that and more coming up. Stay with us. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Hear that? It's the sound of someone whacking the ground with a rake. Specifically, they're beating around the bush, which we've done enough of in this ad too, so let's get right to it. The new Moneymaker scratch-off from the Ohio Lottery doesn't beat around the bush. Money Maker. Play the game and you could win money, up to $2 million. With more than $88 million in prizes, ranging from $50 to $500, Moneymaker cuts right to the cash. Lottery players are subject to Ohio laws and commission regulations. Play responsibly. Hi, I'm Blair. Want to hear something scary? Join me as I read the creepiest urban legends, folk tales, and ghost stories that I learn on my travels around the world and that we receive from listeners like you. But only if you think you can handle it. Listen on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Until next time, sweet screams. From a young age, Fiona Broom had a knack for noticing details that other people didn't. During one childhood hotel stay, Fiona and her brother followed a strange-looking woman in a maid's uniform, only for the lady to eventually vanish in front of their eyes. Perhaps she thought it was a ghost. As an adult, she dedicated herself to the supernatural and the unexplainable. But she approached paranormal research with a healthy skepticism. Most of the time, she debunked alleged ghost sightings, But on occasion, she encountered spooky events she couldn't explain. Thanks to her books about these experiences, she became a celebrity in the ghost hunting community. But for all her experience with the preternatural, Fiona wasn't prepared for the shock she received one day in 2009. It all began innocently enough. While presenting at a sci-fi fantasy convention called Dragon Con, she spent her downtime in the green room. There she had a life-changing conversation with some other panelists and the event's chief of security, whom we'll call Bruce. The panelists were talking about one of the many weird things they had encountered in their work. Then, Bruce jokingly commented that their conversation reminded him of people who remember Nelson Mandela, the South African civil rights activist and president, dying decades ago. Fiona's ears perked up. Just a few years prior, Fiona had learned that Mandela was still alive. Up until that point, she was positive that he died in prison sometime in the 1980s. She had distinct memories of watching his funeral on TV, complete with an emotional speech from his widow. Fiona even remembered watching clips of rioting in South African cities intercut with peaceful memorials. Because of these memories, she really thought that he had died. Fiona didn't think too much of it. She assumed she'd simply misremembered. So, when Bruce made that comment about people misremembering Mandela's death, it caught her attention. She hadn't been alone. 
She then shared with the rest of the room how she, too, had thought Mandela's death occurred in the 1980s. In fact, other people in the green room also recalled Mandela's faux death. While Fiona and the other attendees swapped memories and theories, someone began referring to the phenomenon as the Mandela Effect. And the name stuck. In the weeks after Dragon Con, Fiona couldn't get the conversation out of her head. After a chat with one of her book editors, she decided to create a website to see if anyone else shared her odd memory of Mandela's death. In 2009, she created MandelaEffect.com. She formatted it like a blog, and each post had a comments section. She encouraged her readers to browse her account and reply with their own beliefs about the civil rights leader's death. At first, she wasn't sure how much traction her page would get, but Fiona ended up with a lot of comments within a few years. Hundreds, maybe thousands of people distinctly remembered Nelson Mandela dying sometime in the 1980s, and their historically inaccurate recollections were surprisingly consistent. Surely too much to be coincidental. The posters swapped theories about where these shared false memories came from, and they joyfully expressed their solidarity. None of them were alone. They'd all experienced the Mandela effect. Weirdly, people identified other discrepancies between things they remembered and what the official records said, like the Star Wars example we discussed earlier, and cartoons. If we asked you to name the show that made Bugs Bunny famous, you might say Looney Tunes, spelled T-O-O-N-S. But officially, the show was called Looney Tunes, T-U-N-E-S. Many users expressed incredulity at the name. The Looney Tunes had nothing to do with music. They were cartoons. And yet, YouTube clips, TV guide coverage, and Google searches confirmed the spelling with a U. And soon enough, users identified another childhood example, Curious George. Many commenters insisted that they remembered the cartoon monkey having a long tail. But when they double-checked, they found that in every book and TV episode, Curious George was tailless. Like George, people were getting increasingly curious about the mystery. Some posters couldn't accept that their memories were incorrect. They felt sure something had to have changed. Perhaps Warner Brothers renamed the Looney Tunes, or Curious George's publishing company had commissioned new artwork. But there wasn't any record that these pieces of pop culture had ever matched the user's recollections. People scoured their bookshelves and diaries. They dug half-forgotten childhood treasures out of storage. A few lucky searchers managed to find old books, toys, and videotapes that they'd owned for years. But they discovered that the items didn't match the image they'd remembered. It was like someone had sneaked into their homes and replaced their childhood treasures. You may see a trend among all of these incorrect recollections. They feature information that most people encountered when they were young. Looney Tunes and Curious George are both children's entertainment. And while there's nothing inherently juvenile about Mandela's supposed 1980s death, 
the news coverage would have happened during most millennials and Gen Xers' youths. Given that people in those demographics are generally more active online, it seems likely that Mandela's funeral, too, was a false memory from youth. Perhaps the answer lies in a phenomenon called childhood amnesia. Children's brains are still growing in early adolescence and won't fully develop or mature for another 10 to 15 years. While young kids can form short-term memories, those recollections don't always get stored for the long term. And the earlier a recollection is created, the more likely it is to be forgotten. That's why you'd probably have a hard time remembering your fourth grade gym teacher's name or what your favorite outfit looked like when you were six. And you've almost definitely forgotten anything that happened before you were three and a half. Memories from later in childhood, like TV shows you watched or the books you read in adolescence, tend to be fuzzy. So it makes sense that some people might misremember these specifics. Still, we can't explain away some Mandela Effect stories as youthful forgetfulness. For example, several people recalled incorrect details of the Lindbergh baby kidnapping. On March 1, 1932, famous aviator Charles Lindbergh's infant son disappeared from his bedroom. A few months later, in May, authorities recovered the murdered child's corpse. However, some online users were certain they'd learned that the baby had only gone missing and was never found, dead or alive. The news stories about the abduction and subsequent homicide investigation were widely broadcast at the time. But it's pretty unlikely that children in the 80s or 90s would have a childhood opinion about a half-century-old violent crime. It's hard to track the ages of anonymous commenters, but again, we can assume most users on the Mandela Effect discussion boards were younger. And there was another problematic example. This time, it was geography. Quick, can you name where New Zealand is in relation to Australia? If you said that New Zealand is northeast of the continent, you're wrong. While many people insist they have detailed memories of the nation being above Australia on the map, every piece of evidence suggests it is and has always been on the southeast. So this isn't a simple matter of adults misremembering details from their childhood. The faux recollections people shared were too varied to be so easily explained away. And as the examples piled up, the users in the MandelaEffect.com comments sections had to grapple with a terrifying possibility. The world they thought they knew was not the one they were living in. Up next, journalists dig into the mysteries of the Mandela Effect. Now, back to the story. In 2009, a paranormal researcher named Fiona Broom created a website where people could swap stories about the Mandela Effect. That's the phenomenon in which large groups of people remember historical events differently from how they actually occurred. The site attracted many users, maybe more than Fiona ever anticipated when she first registered the domain. But there were many more who didn't think to look for people who shared their memories until years later. People like Don. We don't know his full name because he never used it online, 
But we know his story thanks to posts he made on Reddit in the 2010s. In the 1990s, Don helped his uncle manage a video rental store. His responsibilities involved ordering new release titles, and he leapt at the chance when he saw a good deal on the early 90s children's movie, Shazam. In fact, he ordered two copies. We should pause to acknowledge that in 2019, Warner Brothers released a movie set in the DC Universe called Shazam. But that's not what we're referencing. According to Don, the 90s Shazam was a family film starring comedian Sinbad as a wish-granting genie. And it didn't do particularly well at the box office. He didn't know if there would be enough demand to justify the rental store's two copies. But the deal was too good to turn down. That decision to purchase a duplicate was a detail that didn't seem important in the moment, but stuck in his memory for decades. Before long, Shazam was on the shelves. To Don's surprise, customers rented it fairly regularly. The problem was, many people complained that the tape didn't work correctly. Don watched it over and over, trying to replicate their problem. But the movie always played for him without issue. During all the troubleshooting, Don became very familiar with the film's pacing, plot points, and individual scenes. He never enjoyed it exactly, but years later he could recite most of its storyline by heart. Here's what he remembered. Early in the movie, a brother and a sister discover a lamp. They rub it only to release a genie who lives inside. It's Sinbad who declares, I am the genie of the lamp. In response, the little girl shouts, it's a kidnapper. She and her brother scream and run away. As Don described it, this bit was the only funny part of the movie and genuinely hilarious due to the timing and execution. Eventually, Sinbad's character reunites with the children and he agrees to grant their wishes. But the siblings recently lost their mother and when the little girl asks to bring her back, the genie tearfully admits that he can't do that. Instead, the kids make fun wishes. The brother asks for something that flies, perhaps a magic carpet, although Don wasn't entirely sure. Either way, the brother gets the levitating object, which promptly escapes out a window. Later, the girl breaks her doll and asks the genie to fix it. And there goes wish number two. Ultimately, the children use their final wish to help their father. Thanks to Sinbad's magic, the dad gives an excellent presentation at work and impresses his cruel boss. In a cinematic scene, the father and his co-workers are at some kind of poolside gathering. The company's wicked executives are humiliated when they fall into the water. It all wraps up with a sappy Hollywood ending. Again, Don couldn't fully recall exactly how it resolved, but he did know it was something heartwarming and fairly cheesy. And he'd know. He saw Shazam too many times to count. Don never managed to find the part of the tape that didn't work. And pretty soon, it didn't matter. Because a few years later, in 1996, Disney released an apparent knockoff, a Shaq-led movie called Kazam. The details of the plot may sound familiar to you. Shaq plays a genie who befriends a young, fatherless boy. The child wishes for a room full of candy, which he provides. 
Shaq then helps the protagonist reconnect with his absent criminal father. In a shocking twist, at the climax, the boy and his dad die, but Kazam magically brings them back to life. The film wasn't exactly a hit. Besides the fact that it seemed like a duplicate of Shazam, Shaq's movie had an eye-roll-worthy storyline and shoehorned-in rap breaks. Roger Ebert gave it one and a half stars. Don's video rental shop only ordered one copy of Kazam, which didn't exactly jump off the shelves. As for Don himself, he didn't think much of the flop. It was just another forgettable film, until later, when everything he thought he knew about the two movies got called into question. Fast forward two decades to the mid-2010s. One day, while browsing the internet, Don had a sudden impulse to look up Shazam. He never specified why, but he entered some terms in the search engine, and to his astonishment, he couldn't find any hits. There were a lot of references to the follow-up, Kazam, but so far as the internet was concerned, Shazam didn't exist. There were no movie reviews or Rotten Tomatoes scores. It wasn't available to rent or buy anywhere. It didn't even have a listing on IMDb. But Don wasn't the only person searching for information about Shazam. He found a Yahoo Answers post from 2009 where an anonymous user asked if anyone else remembered the Sinbad-led genie film. They didn't get any responses. Two years later, another person started a thread on Reddit asking for confirmation that someone recalled the missing movie. This board got a lot more traction, and eventually, it helped Don realize that he and hundreds of other users all remembered a flick that seemingly didn't exist. The discovery was simultaneously comforting and concerning. On one hand, many Reddit posters seemed grateful to know they weren't the only ones with the same inexplicable memory. On the other, the realization that so many people remembered Shazam suggested this wasn't a matter of confusion. There had to be some way to explain the missing film. But the more Don and his online colleagues explored the mystery, the more obstacles they met. The biggest problem was the utter lack of evidence. It would be one thing if Shazam was such a flop that it never got re-released on DVD or streaming sites. But even then, there should be references to the original run. Film reviews, box office reports, something. One commenter posted a Craigslist ad offering $1,000 to anyone who could produce a recording. Nobody claimed the cash. As we discussed before, one problem with Mandela Effect recollections is that there's never any physical proof confirming the thing you remember ever really existed. Even the few shreds of evidence the online community found proved to be dead ends. For example, in a December 2016 Reddit thread, a user called Hoser505 announced that they had a bootleg VHS of Shazam from the 90s. When they went to their parents' house to retrieve it, they even found the tape. The label in their mother's handwriting read Shazam. But when they played the recording, the movie was Kazam. 
Possibly, the whole thing was a matter of confusion. Hoser 505's parents might have recorded Kazam and incorrectly labeled it with a similar movie's title. In their Reddit post, Hoser 505 acknowledged that possibility, but they suggested another explanation as well. Perhaps the tape itself changed. Somehow, reality had been rewritten. Whatever phenomenon erased Shazam from existence also transformed his recording into an entirely different movie. Hoser 505 didn't speculate any further on how the shift happened, but other users have tried to explain what could change a videotape, but not a memory. Perhaps a time traveler rewrote history. Or maybe Hoser 505 and others who remembered Shazam somehow traveled here from a parallel universe. In theirs, Shazam existed. But in this one, it didn't. Whatever the explanation, the VHS tape label and the user's memories were all that remained of their original reality. Some Redditors came up with other outlandish explanations. Some wondered if there was some kind of conspiracy orchestrated by government officials or film executives. Maybe the studios wanted to erase any evidence that movies like Shazam had ever existed due to dubious rights issues or embarrassment about the flop. Or perhaps government agents were testing some kind of memory editing device. Others suggested that they were living in a simulation, like the characters in The Matrix. Perhaps some malicious computer program had rewritten reality without anyone noticing. Those explanations might sound unlikely, and for the most part, they were all in good fun. But some online skeptics took the discussions incredibly seriously, responding to these speculations with outright hostility. It was like they wanted to ensure nobody ever figured out the secret behind the Mandela effect. In response, some Reddit users theorized that they'd been swept up in some kind of cover-up. But the problem with that, like many other aspects of the Mandela effect, was that nobody could provide a shred of evidence about this alleged conspiracy. So most of these theories didn't make it beyond the wild speculation phase. And on the other side of the debate, some people tried to psychoanalyze Don. Disbelieving users claimed that he and the hundreds of other so-called Shazam truthers simply misremembered the title and star of Kazam. But Don thought that couldn't be true. He distinctly recalled the differences between the two movies. Like we mentioned before, the video store where he'd worked had two copies of Shazam, but only one of Kazam. Plus, there were the plot differences. A boy reuniting with his father versus two siblings mourning their mother. Wishes for a magic carpet and a fixed doll instead of a room full of candy and a resurrection. Don's online allies agreed that Kazam and Shazam were definitely separate movies, but the rest of the world didn't want to hear about it. Luckily for him, a seemingly unrelated August 2015 Vice article was about to bring his plight to light, albeit in a roundabout way. Vice's story wasn't about Kazam or Shazam at all. 
Instead, it talked about the Berenstain Bears, an educational book series about a kind Ursine family. The problem is, most people, including the article's author, remembered the title as the Berenstain Bears. If you can't hear the difference, it comes down to a single letter. Many people thought the bear's last name ended with the suffix S-T-E-I-N. In reality, it's S-T-A-I-N. Here was yet another instance where thousands of people misremembered a past event in the same way. Mothers recalled reading Berenstein aloud to their children, and those kids also were sure they'd heard it as Steen. And yet, every piece of physical evidence confirmed the stain spelling. People dug old books out of attics and storage units only to discover, with horror, the childhood stories had somehow changed titles. The Vice article popularized the phrase Mandela Effect, introducing the core concept to the Internet at large. They even referenced Fiona's false recollection of Nelson Mandela's death and listed a few other examples of the phenomenon. The coverage generated a ton of buzz, enough that other websites started looking for their own weird examples about mass misremembered pop culture. And new widespread interest turned Don's old account of Shazam into a national news story. The Sinbad Genie movie, which seemingly didn't exist, became an internet legend. Within a few months, one of Don's Shazam threads on Reddit garnered over 400 replies. So many users were talking about the movie that Sinbad, the supposed star, tweeted that he'd never been in a genie-themed feature film. But that didn't persuade the Redditors, the users on MandelaEffect.com, or posters on similar chat boards. If anything, the news coverage proved that the phenomenon was widespread. With each new article or blog post, more people verified that they shared these incorrect memories, too. This was no mere mistake. And while there were thousands of people online who all had stories about the Mandela effect, who knows how many more had other examples but never bothered to post them on the Internet? Adding to the strangeness of the phenomenon was how many people seemed deeply opposed to the Mandela Effect's existence. Both Don and Fiona Broom had experienced rabid backlash in response to their claims. Not only that what they were saying was a mistake, but that it was dangerous. Granted, the Internet isn't always friendly to new ideas, but it was hard for the Mandela Effect believers to shake off the pointed attacks. It was almost like someone didn't want them digging into the truth. Up next, the mystery of the Mandela Effect deepens. Now back to the story. One day, a man named Winston attends a political rally because his country is at war. To inspire patriotic feelings, the event's organizers drape the town square in banners and posters of propaganda. The decorations celebrate the country's allies in East Asia while demonizing their enemies in Eurasia. The assembled crowd chants nationalist slogans while booing their hated rivals. But midway through a rousing speech, 
something strange happens. The speaker reverses course, describing their allies in East Asia as though they are now the enemies, and the despised Eurasians have suddenly become treasured friends. The mob goes along with a shift as though nothing has changed. When they notice that the decorations and artwork are wrong, they fly into a frenzy, claiming it must be a hateful prank. They surge through the streets, ripping posters off walls and destroying banners with the old information. Amid the violence, Winston is aghast. He notices the shift, but he feels like he is the only one. So far as the rest of the crowd is concerned, his country has always been at war with East Asia. You might recognize that scene from George Orwell's novel 1984. The parable tells the chilling story of how a dictatorial government gaslights its citizens until they're incapable of thinking for themselves. They use various tactics, including an endless barrage of propaganda designed to drown out any dissent. Officials even employ a language called newspeak that makes it impossible for critics to express unapproved ideas. These methods are so effective, the populace can't even question the contradictory information they're fed. 1984's political themes are troubling, especially to those who already fear that this kind of federal brainwashing program may be underway in the form of the Mandela Effect. Around 2016, the Mandela Effect became an internet sensation. Message boards were overwhelmed with users sharing stories about misremembered children's books, movies, and historical events. In a YouTube video, Fiona Broom noted, The phenomenon is too widespread for me to doubt its existence. The Mandela Effect passed the Occam's razor test long ago. In other words, the simplest explanation is usually the correct one. And if everyone remembers something the same way, it must have happened like that, even if all the evidence says otherwise. The strikingly similar memories aren't the only evidence that something bigger is behind the phenomenon. In 2019, paranormal investigator Fiona Broom stumbled upon a new twist to the mystery in the message boards on her website. Fiona exported all the user comments intending to create a free ebook compiling everything for posterity. And that's when she noticed something odd. The software she was using to compile her book wasn't copying over some of the posts. She could see them on the website, but for some reason, the computer program couldn't. Fiona suspected other users also couldn't see those comments. They'd become hidden from everyone but the site administrators. She didn't know how, but it seemed like someone removed the messages. So she reviewed them to see if they contained anything incendiary. One of these mysterious comments came from the username KMET. In September 2015, they shared a theory that the Mandela Effect was evidence of time travel. Perhaps the faux memories meant that history had changed. Maybe there were even multiple timelines. The original ones that many people remembered, and the new one that we live in now. Two months later, a user called Dan talked about quantum entanglement theory. 
he used the scientific hypothesis to argue that the Mandela effect may occur based on how entangled your mind becomes with a fact. He writes, the more strongly entangled your mind is with a fact, like the life of Mandela or the location of New Zealand, the more solid, anchored, and unalterable that fact becomes for you, and less likely it is to ever become a Mandela effect. Conversely, the less entanglement you have with a fact, the more likely it is to flip randomly on you, becoming a Mandela effect. The remaining invisible comments references theories about how individuals remember certain events and perceive different realities. While there were other posts about changing realities that were visible on the website, it's odd that some of the missing comments were on the same general topic, almost like someone had censored them. Fiona didn't want to jump to conclusions, and she wasn't very tech-savvy, so she acknowledged that a perfectly normal glitch could have hidden the posts. But it was strange, to say the least. Almost as strange as the hostile backlash her website drew. In one YouTube video, Fiona explained, what's odd is how ferociously some skeptics protest the Mandela effect. They attack it with a zeal I don't see happen with other paranormal theories. Unfortunately, Fiona didn't get into much detail about what that vicious criticism entailed. On her website, she mentioned that trolls and spammers overran the MandelaEffect.com message boards beginning around 2015, but that's pretty standard for online discussions. That said, moderators removed most of the hostile posts they found. Maybe they saw something truly alarming that the rest of the world hadn't encountered yet. Perhaps the backlash had something to do with the missing comments. After all, the incident with the hidden messages wasn't the only time information about the Mandela effect disappeared from the internet. In a 2017 YouTube video, a user called Crimson TV tracked Google trends related to the Mandela effect. He found a clip from earlier that year examining the analytics. Incredibly, they showed a small spike in online searches for Mandela Effect in mid-2004, five years before Broom launched her site. Four months later, Crimson TV looked up the same information. But now, the data looked different. According to Google, almost nobody searched the term prior to 2016. The uptick on the graph was gone. There are a few possible explanations for this. One is that the initial chart could have been wrong. After all, Fiona didn't coin the phrase until 2009. At some point, a glitch incorrectly displayed a surge in searches for a term that didn't exist yet. A data error that, by the summer of 2017, had been fixed. But Crimson TV had a different theory. He mused, somebody went on this website between February 3rd, 2017, to current day, which is June 7th, 2017. Edited this chart, okay? They edited this chart in order to possibly cover up the evidence that people knew about the Mandela effect. And if that is the case, we have to wonder, why hide proof for a theory that seems harmless? 
Maybe it's because the shared false memories aren't just an internet meme. The phenomenon says something about the nature of reality itself and how easy it is for technology to rewrite the past and present. Today, new image and video editing tools makes it hard to know what information to trust online. For example, in April 2018, a video of Barack Obama went viral on Twitter. It featured him using mild profanity and endorsing the villain from Marvel's Black Panther, saying Killmonger was right. The twist? Obama never said any of those things, at least not publicly. Instead, actor, producer, and director Jordan Peele performed an Obama impression as a PSA about the danger of fake news. He used Adobe After Effects and a software called FakeApp to map his facial movements and voice onto a clip of the former president. This sort of altered video is called a deepfake, and it makes misinformation easier to create and spread than ever. Even credulous viewers would have a hard time ignoring the evidence right in front of their eyes. And that means that today, it's incredibly challenging to parse fact from fiction. Deepfakes could make the Mandela Effect conspiracy theories a reality. They make it easy to edit photos and historical footage. Theoretically, if Nelson Mandela had died in the 1980s, internet trolls could easily create news clips, front page articles, and other materials that suggested he'd lived decades longer. Imagine you remember a historical event happening one way, but every piece of proof suggests otherwise. You know memory is fallible, but Photoshop exists too. We live in a world where anyone can manipulate hard photographic or video evidence. So which version of events should you believe? What you know is true, or what the outside world is telling you? As neuroscientist Ilva Utzby put it, if you can't remember, can you trust yourself anymore? Thanks again for tuning in to Unexplained Mysteries. We will be back on Thursday with a new episode on the possible explanations for the Mandela Effect. You can find all episodes of Unexplained Mysteries and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify. See you next time. And remember, never take we don't know for an answer. Unexplained Mysteries is a Spotify original from Parcast. It is executive produced by Max and Ron Cutler, sound designed by Dick Schroeder, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Carly Madden, and Travis Clark. This episode of Unexplained Mysteries was written by Angela Jorgensen, with writing assistance by Molly Quinlan and Connor Sampson, fact-checking by Adriana Romero, and research by Brad Klein and Brian Petrus. Unexplained Mysteries stars Molly Brandenburg and Richard Rossner. <laughs>